0: Turn to your name and say the trap game. Now some of y'all are like okay, it's gonna be that kind of day, huh? <laughs> I remember playing. I, I played a lot of sports growing up. I was a bas- I played a lot of basketball. Um, played a lot of football. Um, I remember the first time my dad came home. I was seven years old. He walked in the front door and he said, "Do you want to play football?" And I remember thinking in my head, "We can play football." Like, I watched it on TV, but I didn't think, like, how, to, how people got there, you know? So I'm, I was seven years old. And I was like, yo, we can play football? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. And then little did I know what was in store for me, right? Um, and so I remember playing football, and I played all the sports you can think of. I even played sports that didn't even make sense to my dad. I remember playing hockey for, like, five years, and he was like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Um, Pastor was a phenomenal baseball player growing up. And so naturally, I was gonna be a baseball player, Um, but ADHD kicked in, and when you're only part of one of every 25 plays or whatever, you know what I mean? I was the guy with the glove on the head just wandering around out in the outfield. So uh, that was me. But I loved playing sports growing up, and so as I was, uh, as I would play sports, and we got into more competitive sports, so y'all know when the, like, there's a a page that turns when you go from like, this seems like this might be a good idea. Any y'all ever coached soccer? You guys ever watch soccer, coach soccer? Some of y'all, how many guys have ever seen five-year-olds play soccer? It's like herding cats. (laughs) Like the ball goes and just the mass of kids just move around with it, you know what I mean? I just kinda, and so I remember when the page turned for me and I realized like, yo, I wanna be competitive at sports. And so I started doing that, I loved it. Um, And so I remember what we would call a trap game is the game that you would go into knowing you were going to win. Right? And as you were going in knowing you're going to win, you came in slightly underprepared and you came in with the wrong mentality. And what inevitably happens when you do that? You lose. Right? And uh, if you watched basketball at all and you watched March Madness this year, you saw a lot of that. Right? And so what I want to talk to you about today, because those games where you come in underprepared and not with the right mentality, thinking that you're just going to blow through a team and you actually end up losing, those games are called trap games. Now in our life, we experience trap games, but it's not sports. It's when we try to tackle the big monsters of life. Right. So we try to tackle our addictions, our pornography problems, our alcoholism, our drug addiction, our, all these. Things. we try to tackle the big things and think that the small things in our life that don't seem that significant to us, we're just going to blow past those. And those are the things that we often lose and often, call, often cause us to stumble on our face. And today I want to talk to you about the trap game of offense, because when we get offended, we stalemate our purpose in life. So, turn to your neighbor and say, Offense. Turn to your neighbor and say, Don't get offended. Right? How many guys ever heard someone say, Listen, no offense, but. (laughs) Sitting there like, What you. Oh, okay. Like, No offense, but I'm about to offend you. Right? So, today we want to talk about offenses because here's the deal. I believe one of the ways that the enemy who's out like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, the Bible says. He's out to steal, kill, and destroy, the Bible says. But I believe that the enemy, if he knows he can't get us back, right? If we belong to Jesus, if our life belongs to God, he's not going to get us back. He's not going to fool us. Into, listen, if we belong to God, there's a passion that's going to burn inside of us to, to love the Lord and to spend time with him. But here's the thing. He knows if he can just get us offended enough to stalemate our purpose, and we may, we, we may win the ultimate war, but we'll lose every battle along the way, which is helping other people win their war. And so our purpose gets stalemated when we become easily offended. So turn to your neighbor and say, no offense. Don't get offended. Let's do it, guys. All right. Take your notes out. You should have got them on the way in the door. Deuteronomy thirty nineteen says this. It says, this day, say this day. This day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death. The Lord is saying, I've given you two options here. Life and death, right? And with that comes and with that comes blessings and curses. And he says, "Now choose life." Which means you have a choice each day when you wake up how you're going to approach that day. Now, how many guys know when you, you might wake up feeling good, but how many guys, sometimes it don't take long for you to start feeling a different kind of way, right? Can't find your car keys in the morning, right? Someone called you at 5 a.m. Listen, you called me at 5 a.m. I'm just saying. So people wake you up early, the dog scratching at the door, the kids are throwing up, can't find the car key, things are just going, like like life just gets out of control, right? So you may have every intention of having a good day, but how many guys know that the day may tell you it's going to be a bad one? But guess what? In spite of everything you come across today, you are going to have the choice between life and death, and we get to choose life if we want it. But how many guys know sometimes we don't choose what we want, we in fact get duped into choosing what we don't want, which is death. And how many guys, husbands in the house, can you'll, you'll raise, you may not raise your hand, but you can definitely say that I'm guilty of this, is you may set out to do something beautiful for your wife, and she comes home, and, and you've cleaned the house, and you've done the dishes, and everything is sparkling clean, and she comes home, she's had a bad day at work. And she didn't see nothing you did right she she just sits down and you're sitting there like you see the floors notice how the notice how there's no dishes in the sink ladies we need you to choose life in that moment okay because life says good job baby I love you so much let's order pizza we don't even need to cook tonight you know what I mean Death says, why don't you do this all the time? Okay. So listen to me. Listen to me. Fellas, I just want to help you out for a second. There is no good response to that question. Go watch TV in your room, okay? So just, just walk away. You lost, all right? Turn to your neighbor and say, choose life. Let's choose life. All right. Now that's a funny example. But in life, I want to give you realistic ideas that you're going to have the opportunity to choose life and death every day. And how we respond to things in our life are going to dictate whether or not we choose them. And so we have to respond to things with life. But the hardest thing to respond to with life is being offended. Because I don't like someone telling me when I'm wrong. And I don't like people doing things against me. Come on, somebody. Am I the only one? No. I like like people to agree with me. You know what I'm saying? My wife, she thinks I'm wrong a lot. But she's wrong. (laughs) So we have to. Learn how to choose life when we become offended. I love this quote by John Bevere. he says this, our response to offense determines our future. Because listen guys, you're going to be offended. Today, someone's going to offend you. Tomorrow, someone's going to offend you. The next day, someone's going to offend you. And when that happens, your response to it is what determines your future. See, people think that good days are the days that no one messes it up. No, good days are the days you choose not to let what happens mess it up. You have a choice to choose life, so choose life. Because people are going to, I mean, not anymore, thank God, I work with some awesome people now because I'm on staff here and, and I get to hire and fire my own team. I'm just kidding. But I work with a great team here, so we don't have to go through. But I remember working in the corporate world where every single day you're sitting there like, how do these people still have jobs? Okay. I'm not, I wasn't the only one. Good. Y'all worked where I worked. Okay. Like it, how do these people still have jobs, right? You're going to get offended. How you react to it determines your future. All right. So let's choose life. Let's talk about preparing for the game. or Let's talk about how we prepare for the trap game. And so there's four things that we want to talk to you about in preparing for this game that, that oftentimes we're not prepared for, but we need to be or else we might lose. Right. The first one is the first point that we want to show you is that you need to prepare for the game. You need to prepare for the game. So if being offended is a game that you might lose, you need to be prepared for it. Right? And so there's a few ways that I think that we do this in getting prepared for the game. The first one in game time preparation, say game time, game time time preparation. Number one, you got to make sure that you've joined the team. Now, what do you mean by that, pastor? Join the team. Your source has to come from something bigger than just you. Because there are days when you are going to run out of patience. Come on, right? Some of y'all are like, yeah. If I woke up at 7, at 7.05, I've run out of patience, okay? (laughs) People come to me all the time. They say, I've been praying for the Lord to give me patience. I said, "Uh uh-uh, don't do that. Y'all ever seen the movie Evan Almighty? You know, I've seen that movie where Morgan Freeman sits down. He says, When we pray for patience, does he give us patience or does he give us situations where we have to be patient? And that's exactly how we have to live life. When we pray for patience, God doesn't just wa- poof with patience, he puts us in situations where we have to exercise patience. And if we want to overcome being offended, God doesn't just magically give us the ability to not care anymore, he puts us in situations where we have to overcome our offense. And can I tell you something? Facebook is not the place to air out your grievances. Like social media is not the, the air out place. The Bible says if you have aught with a brother, go to him. Right? So that means we go to the person we're offended by and we work it out together. People, uh, my wife, she doesn't like to tell me any, so if, if she's offended by someone, she doesn't like to tell me anymore. Cause I'll call the person right then. Can you believe what so-and-so said? I'm like, huh? What did so-and-so say? <laughs> I heard you said, you know, and oftentimes it's not true. And how many times are we, because we haven't tapped into someone that's going to, what you need in, so, in life is someone that's going to come alongside you to build you up and help you choose life, not to get you down when you get defeated. Right. So you got to choose the right team. And I'll tell you this, rarely, I'm not going to say never, but rarely is the team you need around you a bunch of people that don't believe like the way you want to believe. In other words, here's what I want you to understand. If there, if there was a drive inside of you to get closer to the Lord, and maybe this is your first time here and you don't even know God yet. If there's a drive in you to become better, and God didn't come to make us better. He came to make us new. I just want to help you out with that for a second. But if there's a drive in you to be this new person, then you have to surround yourself with people that build up the new person, not support the old one. Y'all can tweet that, okay? Like, we need to be surrounding ourselves with the right team. Number two, we need to condition ourselves. Condition ourselves. Now, listen, I ain't talking about running miles, okay? <clears throat> okay. We need to condition ourselves to the fact that offenses are going to come. Listen, when, when, I, when things come against me, I, I'd be lying to you if I said sometimes I don't get offended, okay? But what I don't do is I've conditioned myself not to let them own me either. So someone can come into me, say something I don't agree with, say something against me, and I'm like, okay. You know, pastor is a hothead. A lot of y'all don't know this. <laughs> so pastor, pastor can be a hothead. Now, he has been delivered, thank God, Okay. But he 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 can get wound up fast. We're dealing with some situations right now. He, where he he'll call me just man huh, huh, huh. now he he's not like breathing fire. He's just he, he's frustrated or whatever the case may be and I'm like, "Yo, relax." He's like, "How can how can we?" Huh? And I'm like, "Relax. Like God's got this." And it no people are always going to have something to say about you. Your response to it tells people whether it's true or not. Pastor has a saying, and I love it. He said, the truth needs no defense. Because your friends don't need an explanation and your enemies don't want one. So you don't have to worry about trying to, ah, I need to defend, no, ah, I'm offended. Like, no, man, just condition yourself to be like, hey, whatever, man. You can say whatever you want. There's people out there that don't like me. They're wrong. It is what it is. So condition yourself, right? And I love to smile on their face. How you doing? It's so good to see you. I know they were talking about me yesterday. How are you doing? I'm so. It's so good to see you. God bless you. I love you. So. Number three, you got to know the game plan. You got to know the game plan, all right? You got to know... What is the plan? What is God trying to do with me? Because here's the deal. When you know what the game plan is, it's a whole lot easier to hold to what God is telling you to do. What I mean by that is this. I know that God's ultimate purpose in my life is to use me to pastor a group of people and to love on them so much that they'll want to love on other people. And we can see the kingdom of God grow in this manner. Does that make sense? So I know the game plan. So when people try to offend me, I just stick to the game plan. And anything that's going to take me off of the plan God has for my life isn't worth getting off on. I'm going to stay where I'm at. Some of us call it no in your lane. Yeah, I'm going to stay in my lane. Yeah, but I could come over here and get offended. I could, but I'm going to stay right here because I know the game plan. And God wants to do something special in your life just like he wants to do in mine. You may never preach on a, on a, <clears throat> a stage or any of those things, but your life is always going to be a reflection of Jesus no matter what. And God has destined every single one of you and every single one of us to be an impact in people's life for the gospel, for Jesus. The great commission is that we would go out and we would love people and make disciples. That's, that's what every single one of you, I, we have been called to do. And when we know the game plan, we don't get caught up in the other stuff. We can stay in our lane. Come on, somebody. There's a special way that God has destined for you to do that. I encourage you, after the 11 o'clock service today, if you've never been to Growth Track, come to Growth Track, because we would love to show you what the game plan is for your life and help you get plugged into that. So, if you've never done it before, I encourage you come back after the 11 o'clock service and we can actually help you figure out what God's game plan is for you. So, I would encourage you to come check that out. And the last one, in game time preparation, is you got to focus on the win. Turn to your neighbors, say focus on the win. That's right. Focus on the win. What am I trying to accomplish and what is God trying to accomplish through me? Cuz when I stay focused on the win, I may lose a battle, but I'm gonna win the war. And what what happens is we we get so caught up in what we it, it, today on the way home somebody may cut me off in traffic and I may get offended, right? Or McDonald's may mess up my order. I don't even go to McDonald's anymore. But listen, I think they need a third window where you can return all the wrong stuff they gave you at the second one. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, but like you, I may get offended today, but I don't let, have to let the fact that I may, I may lose that battle. But I don't have to let that affect all the other battles where I may lose the war. I'm going to live a life that doesn't get offended easily Now, I may get offended today. Something may happen tomorrow where I don't quite do it just right, but I'm going to constantly stay focused on winning so that I don't ever have to worry about losing the whole war of offense. I'm going to win this game. Come on, somebody. Right? So we need to stay focused on the win. 1 Peter 5.8 says, stay alert. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to... Looking for someone to take, looking for someone to destroy. And I kind of tell you, he's not looking necessarily to destroy your life. He's looking to destroy your purpose. How many guys have ever gotten tired of waking up, going to work, coming home, watching TV, eating dinner, going to sleep, waking up, going to work, go, go, and the, just the grind, like that constant. That means that you have tapped out of your purpose and God wants to bring you back to it. And when we figure out our purpose, the enemy wants to destroy that in us. When we don't worry about getting offended, we can do that. Proverbs 19.11 says this. Good sense makes one slow to anger. Stay slow. slow. How many of us are quick to anger? Okay. Anyways, uh, so make one slow to anger, and it is his glory to overlook an offense. How many of y'all are a lot happier when you get even on the offense, right? Like, Anyway, so like, some, of us, some of us only deal with offense as well as we can get even with the person that offended us. Like once we feel like they've paid for it, now we can move forward. No, the Bible says we're good to overlook it. Act like it doesn't even exist. Like just get past it. And that's real easy for you to say, Pastor. You're right it is, but we can do it in Christ. Because how silly is it That a man who became, or God who became man went to a cross to die for our sins, who we offend daily by continuing to sin, even after knowing he died for our sins. How crazy is it that in spite of all of that, we can hold someone else to a different standard than the Lord holds us to? Hmm. We need to be getting past our offenses. Next, number two, we got to know the key players. Know the key players. Listen, there are people who regularly offend you. A lot of times they're related to you. Listen, there are certain people in my family, our best relationship we can ever have is when we see each other six times a year. Mother's Day, Father's Day, Easter, Christmas, Thanksgiving. And when we do that, that's how we're the best, right? Now, you can apologize. You can can try to make excuses for it. At the end of the day, we know that the relationship between those two key players has to be a certain way. Otherwise, offense starts to happen more regularly. Don't apologize for creating distance between you and people who constantly offend you. Now, you say, Pastor, what happens when they work in the cubicle next to me? That's a great question. (laughs) Listen, you're you're gonna constantly be surrounded. We have to learn to either create mental distance or literal distance in our lives. Because here's the deal, no one can hurt you badly. Who's not, no one can stab you in the back that's not close enough to hug your neck. So therefore we only get sincerely offended by people that we're actually close to. Someone I don't know has something bad to say about me. I'm like, okay, like I don't even know you. Paul, go away. Or what you know? like. But when people close to me offend me, that's when it hurts, right? So we either have to create physical distance or mental, but we have to know who the key players are in our offense. At the same time, we also have to know who the key players are to help us overcome our offense. And that is that the joy that comes through knowing Jesus, the Holy Spirit fills us. In, and as the joy that comes from knowing Jesus, if that's the center of where we base on how we handle our offense will constantly be overcomers of it. Right? So we look at Proverbs 18, 19, it says an offended friend is harder to win back than a fortified city. In other words, if, if you offend the person you're close to, that's harder to, to restore than overcoming a city that's been boarded up. Arguments separate friends like a gate locked with bars. In other words, we need to constantly, when people are close to us, we need to constantly be looking for every opportunity to mend relationships or know when the distance has to be kept, right? In other words, for example, one of my family members that we were the six times a year people, okay? I love them six times a year, okay? I love being with them six times a year. All right, so, but anything more than that, what happens is this becomes a lot more difficult to keep in mind. So we, when we see each other, we love each other. And when we're not constantly being around each other, that allows us to constantly give more grace. Does that make sense to you guys? So we want to constantly recognize that we don't need to be in arguments. We don't need to be offended. We need to be looking past it. John 10.10 10 says the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But here's what God says. I have come that they may have, say this word with me, life. And have it to the full. What Jesus is communicating is that he has come that we would have life, which is eternal life. But then he also has come that we would have life today to the fullest. How do we do that? We do that by constantly choosing life. Say life. Life. Choose life. All right. Next, let's keep going. We want to. Oh, and I also wanted to point this out to you. I'm sorry. You, You can leave that up there. That's fine as you guys are writing that, I wanted to communicate one thing to you. How many guys know, how how many guys recognize that oftentimes people that offend you may oftentimes be the same person? In other words, you may constantly be offended by someone over and over again. Here's one thing that I think is helpful for us to understand is that how many guys have ever ever heard the term, the enemy of the enemy is my friend. And if the enemy is the devil who is constantly trying to steal, kill and destroy, who's seeking whom he may devour, and the enemy of that person, he's also trying to steal, kill, and destroy someone else who's my brother and sister in Christ, then the enemy of the enemy is my friend. In other words, if I can recognize that the person who has offended me is nothing more than the pawn of the enemy who's, con- who's trying to hurt them as well, I can reach out to them in love saying, listen, this person's trying to play us both. How many guys have ever been in a relationship? Fellas, where the fellas at? Let me hear you. Ooh. How many of y'all ever, that was awesome. How many, how many of y'all ever dated a girl? Don't, you don't have to raise your hand. Your wife might be sitting next to you. We don't want to get it weird. Okay. How many of y'all ever dated a girl and the girl was trying to play you and your homeboy at the same time? <laughs> Laughing just as loud is not as good, Corey. Okay. So, but trying to play you and your homeboy at the same time. Right. What happens is eventually at first you're probably, you're like a little angry with him. But then you realize like, no, we need to be angry at her. And so you go talk to him and say, hey, listen, why are we letting this girl play us like this? Right? Now, sometimes it don't work out like that. But I'm just, (laughs) what we need to do in life is when someone offends us, we need to go to that person and say, listen, I don't know why we're doing this to each other when the person who keeps setting these traps for both of us is who we should be mad at, which is the enemy. How about we stop giving Satan a foothold on our relationship? And how about we stop becoming offended by each other when we actually build this up? Come on, somebody. Like, Let's get past our offense. So number three, moving quickly, let's look for common plays. Look for common plays. We have to know what sets us off so we can stay away from it. Listen, you know you better than anyone else knows you. Unless you're married, then your spouse knows you better. I came in the house the other day, and uh, I went by Whataburger because it was late and I hadn't eaten yet. I went by Whataburger the other day. And so I came in, I had my Whataburger with cheese. Come on, somebody. Listen, if y'all you watching online, you don't live near a Whataburger, then I don't know what to tell you. So, some spicy ketchup. Shoo, I see it already hitting. Boom, 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 boom. So I went by I went by Whataburger and I got the Whataburger. And the the girl at Whataburger on 9 Mile is good, man, because she she has this way that she sells those apple pies at the end. Y'all know what I'm talking about? <laughs> she sells it, man. She's good. So I order, hey, I want a Whataburger. You want it with cheese? <clears throat> of course. And so I order it. You want the large fry? Golly, this girl is good, man. Yeah. So I order my drink. She says, do you want uh... So she sells the apple pie good. She goes, do you want an apple pie? That's all she said, but <laughs> I said, this just must, it must be God. I don't know because I wanted an apple pie and you asked me if I wanted an apple pie. So obviously this is a divine connection. So I got, got, my apple pie. The thing is my wife don't like me to eat apple pies. We're working on this weight loss thing. But when you go to Whataburger, it's just whatever. I feel like we already lost at this point. You know what I'm saying? Like today's a wash. So, whatever. I came and sat down, sat down on the couch. So I had my Whataburger, my fries, my drink. Where was the apple pie, you ask? I ate it in the truck on the way there. Okay, so. I got there, I sat down, and went to eat my Whataburger. She said, you ate your apple pie, didn't you? <laughs> so. Got a video camera in my truck? <laughs> she knows me, man. She, she knows me, all right? But here's the deal. Here's the deal. She knows me well, which also means that she can ask me about that apple pie, but she also knows what button to push if things ever get into an argument between me and her. People know your buttons. And they'll push them when they have a chance. You got to know the commonplace that sets you off and know how to guard against them when they come. Because here's the deal. You're going to get offended. And more than likely, you're going to get offended by someone who has previously offended you. Therefore, they know how to offend you the deepest. So we got to know what those plays are because just as well as, and we don't argue a lot in my house, me and my wife. Listen, the, the same way we joke, the same fun we have here, I, I want my house to be like that, okay? So we laugh more than anyone else has ever laughed. But every once in a while, things, you know, just like with any marriage, she's wrong, right? And so because of that, sometimes uh, we'll jab at each other a little bit Whenever, whenever we get frustrated, but here's the deal. We gotta learn to know our commonplace because you can guard against things you know are coming. It's a little harder to guard against the things you don't know are coming. So we wanna know the commonplace. Last, don't play the game. Don't play the game. Now, pastor, you've been talking to us this whole time about how to play the game. No, 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 I've been talking to you this whole time about what to do when you don't have a choice but to play it. But at the end of the day, the best way to not get offended is to not get offended. And you say, that it sounds real easy. You don't know how I am. Well, I think that's the problem, folks. All of us wanna be right. And all of us wanna have a ground to stand on when someone else is wrong. But my dad asked me this question a long time ago and it's, a, it's actually a statement my, me and my buddy Patrick Waters have been talking about a lot lately. Is that the hill you want to die on? In other words, you and this person have been friends for 20 years and they do something to offend you. You're going to risk losing that whole relationship. Is that the hill you want to die on? You and your wife, things maybe haven't always been perfect, but you got a marriage. You got something that God has blessed and done something with and something happens. And you're talking about losing the whole thing over something like this. Is that the hill you want to die on? Don't play the game. Yeah, but she said, yeah, I know she said something. Don't play the game. Yeah, but you don't know what he did. Yeah, I know he did. Don't play the game. You can get past it. You today have the chance to choose life or death. So what are we gonna choose? Say it with me, say choose life. Choose life today. Don't let the offense hold you. Matthew 5, 38, 42, I wanna give you this. In the Message Bible, he says, here's another look at an old saying that deserves a second look. In other words, we should reconsider this. Eye for eye, tooth for a tooth. Is that gonna get us anywhere? No. Here's what I propose. Don't hit back at all. If someone strikes you, stand there and take it. Now think, pause for a second. That's also a verbal thing. Someone says something against you, you don't have to retaliate. Sit back on your heels, relax. The Lord will defend you far better you can ever defend yourself. If someone drags you into court and sues for the shirt off your back, gift wrap the best coat and make a present out of it. Yo, the Lord is petty, y'all see that? And if someone takes unfair advantage of you, use the occasion to practice the servant life. This last part, no more payback stuff. Just live generously. Today, tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, you're gonna have the chance to choose life or death, to choose to be offended or to choose to get past the offense. Let's choose life, amen? Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for today. God, I pray that you teach each one of us, Lord, how to just choose life. You put in front of each one of us each day, the choice of life or death. And oftentimes, God, we get trapped into the death part. We get trapped into being offended. We get trapped into getting our feelings hurt, all those things, but God, you have called us to choose life. And so we choose life. God, forgive us where we've held people to a different standard than you have held us to. You give grace so freely You give us mercy so freely at the cost of Jesus' life, but you give it to us nonetheless. God, I pray that you help us give it to others, even when we feel in our heart that they may not deserve it. So God, we choose life today, tomorrow, next week, next month, next year. God, help us to wake up every day choosing life because that's what you have called us to be. You've called us to be salt and a light in a world. That means that you've called us to be the one that gives it, it flavor, to be the influence and you've called us to shine a light, which is to be the the, uh, the lighthouse to show them where Jesus can be. So we be the influence and we be the light to show a world what Jesus looks like. So I pray that you empower us and we thank you for that. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, so I do wanna ask you today, maybe you're sitting out there and you're saying, Pastor, I think the idea of what you're talking about is easy, but honestly, What's missing in my life is the center. And that is that Jesus isn't necessarily in control. Maybe you think you're a good person. Maybe in your heart, you do a lot of good things, but you're gonna have a hard time trying to be good if you haven't become new yet. And that's what Jesus came to do. So today, if that's you, you say, Pastor, I wanna become brand new. I want Jesus to make me a brand new person. The beauty of the gospel is this. The Bible says that he came that we can have life, but have it more abundantly. But that eternal life comes from putting our faith in that when he went to the cross and he died on it, he gave his life and he paid for my sin and he paid for your sins. And today, all you have to do to be free from the consequences of your sin and the the payment of your sin, all you have to do is believe in your heart that when he went to the cross, he paid for yours. So the Bible says we repent of our sins. That means to turn away from them, not to go back. And then we put our faith in Jesus today. And if that's you, I'm not gonna come to you. I'm not gonna embarrass you. I'm not gonna point you out. I wanna pray for you. You say, Pastor, that's me. I wanna give my life to Jesus today. I wanna be made brand new. I want him to take control. And I wanna start living the life that God has for me. If that's you today, I'm not going to embarrass you, I wanna pray for you. Would you just raise your hand right where you sit? I want God to take control, Pastor. I wanna give him my life. I want Jesus to be the center. I want him to take control. If you're watching us online, you say, that's me, Pastor, I want Jesus to take control of my life. Here's what we wanna do, folks. We're gonna pray a prayer together. And if you raise your hand or you didn't, but you say, I want Jesus to take control of my life. Raising your hand is not the necessity, putting faith into Jesus is. And so let's church, we're all gonna pray a prayer together. And as we pray together, if you pray this prayer and you believe it in your heart, you can be saved today, not because of the prayer, but because you believe in it. And so let's pray. A whole church is gonna pray with us. You're watching online. You can pray with us too. Say, Dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my wrongs. Make me clean, make me pure, make me whole. I believe that you died on the cross and I believe that you rose three days later. Through your life, through your death, and through your resurrection, I can be saved. I believe in you, and I want to follow you the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. TC, put your hands together for all those that prayed that perhaps the very first time and <clears throat> celebrate with you. Awesome, awesome, awesome.